Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What is going on, everybody? It's Sunday night. It's time for... The bitch mob. I like it. Hold on, hold on. It was really good. I yeah, a little falsetto there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. So, welcome to this week's show. As you can see here, we got a little different new some new some some new branding a new software system here that we're using. We're getting rid of Zoom because Zoom looks god terrible. Um, we're evolving and we're excited. And also, you know, you only get the two of us tonight, but that's okay. We're excited to be here. I'm Tim Daniel, as always joined by my guy, my man, a hundred grand, Ben Brown. How are you, buddy? What's up, man? I I am good. Uh, always enjoy sitting down and talking NBA hoops with my brother, Timmy D. So, uh, we got some things to discuss. The NBA has been, uh, been a little crazy. Kind of flipped on its head a little bit. We've got some teams that are playing well that we expected to play well. We got some teams that are playing well that we didn't expect to play well, uh, and we got some teams that are are not up the snuff but are getting there. So yeah, you know, after the first you know couple weeks of the NBA season, things are starting to shake out, um, and we're getting a little bit better feel of who is who. We are, um, especially we're seeing a lot of these teams that we, like you said, like um, at this point, I think we can go and say that like uh, the Warriors are good. I think we can go ahead. And, <laughs> you mean my Golden State Warriors? Yeah, yeah your Golden State Warriors. We can go ahead and say they're good now, right? Like, there's no, yeah. there's no doubting that at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, they're 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 legit. Um, it it was. Uh, I stayed up. I usually don't stay up and watch West Coast games, but uh, it was a Friday night. Uh, I was, I was, uh, we actually went over to a friend of ours house and we were just kind of hanging out, uh, and they clicked it on and I was like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll sit here and watch this. Um, and of course it's an exciting game, you know, new look bulls, the bulls have played well, golden state warriors who are playing, you know, you know, great basketball. Um, and you, you're expecting, uh, you know, this, you know, really good showdown and I, I'll say this. The Bulls, I know this, I don't know if this was a topic or not, but, you know, the Bulls, I think um, they were doomed by missed shots. I'll tell you this. I will say this. Freaking Zach Levine is a star. No question. No doubt. Uh, the, the shots that guy was able to hit, his shot-making ability has increased by tenfold. I mean, he's able to hit step-back threes. He's able to get mid-ranges. Like, like his playing ability – Will lead them through the playoffs. Um, that guy is a superstar, no, no doubt about it. Um, the thing that killed them is that Lonzo Ball, I believe, in the first half was like one for eight, and then DeRozan was like one for nine. So if your your next two and three aren't hitting shots, and Curry and and I mean Draymond hit a pull up three, Curry's hitting shots, you know, uh, Bealitsa I think hit a big three that like like. They've got guys clicking like that, and you're not hitting shots, and you can't match that. Like it's going to be a long night. Not saying that they'll shoot that way all the time, 
But man, they they shot the ball really well against the Bulls, and it got a little uglier than probably I thought it would. But I, I look forward to that matchup again. Um, if the you know if the Bulls are hitting shots like they had been all year, so yeah, and also it didn't help that Vooch was out. Um, yeah, now that killed you. COVID. Yeah, 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 but that killed you. That it's hard to be cool. upset when you get your ass kicked by Steph Curry. You know what right. I mean? Like right. it's just kind of you know it mean? is what it, it's. <laughs> Minus today, it's like playing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you, ha- you know it's a possibility when you walk on the field, uh, but you know sometimes it's just going to happen. So yeah, you know it happens. Um, it was just it was the Warriors' night, and I'm not yeah. in any way, shape, or form um, losing like my my, uh, my feel no. for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I just think not it's at just, all. I mean. The Golden State Warriors beat the Cavs by 35 in one of those finals of the games that they lost to them in 16. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm not losing any any. I'm not. I wouldn't. If I'm a Bulls fan, I'm not losing any sleep over it. Um, you know, you, anytime you travel to the West Coast, you play in New Oracle or whatever they call that place now. Um, like anytime you play on the Warriors' home court, and and you know they they're playing that well, like they they can beat anybody in the NBA when they're shooting the ball that well. Um, it did hit kill you guys not having a, a good inside score. So when things got bad on the outside, you didn't have anybody you could dump the ball into. Um, you know, I think I think it was Patrick Williams maybe missed like back to back possession, missed two like super like bunnies, like mid range bunnies. Um, but but overall, you know not having Vooch there, they're going to have to find somebody that, which I think they do. I think they've got guys that can do it. And I just think that those, I think that Patrick Williams and I forget the other guy that was playing in there. Um, but I think that they'll be able to be, be okay until Vooch gets back just that night. They just weren't hitting those shots that usually uh, Vooch would be able to hit. So. Yeah. Well, as you can see here, one of the new benefits of our new system is we have, when people ask us questions, we'll be able to see them and we have them pop up here. And this one is from my co-host on late night reds talk live my guy nick kirby what's up representing, nick? representing the, the Cavs out there and he asks us do the Cavs actually have a chance of making the playoffs and i'm gonna tell you i really feel like the cleveland cavaliers have a chance of making the playoffs thousand percent agree um i just really kind of feel like what they're getting from darius garland has been terrific I think that Evan Mobley has officially hit the ceiling where i think he could definitely be the best player in the nba in a few years yeah. Um, and I don't, I, Jonathan Shark said that recently on a podcast uh, for The Ringer. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I really like him. And then I thought about it more. And I was like, okay, this is a seven foot two guard. This isn't yep. the best player in the NBA right now, a seven foot two guard. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, with absolutely. His ball well, handling ability, everything, man. Like, yep. I just feel like he's good enough to get him there. Um, I'm not in love with Colin Sexton necessarily because some nights he's Kyrie Irving and some nights he's Brandon Knight. Absolutely, um, and I was actually going to have this as a topic later in the show, discussing if this is time for the Cavaliers to move on from Colin Sexton. Um, you know, because the way Rubio has really played for them, you're going to be able to get other guards to go in there. I still think Isaac Okoro has a lot of upside, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man, I, you know, I really, I believe in this Cavs team. I think, I think they've got something cooking here. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and the the thing about Evan Mobley, and like I was, I was, I think I tweeted it out earlier, like. He's got like all all facets of his game are kind of defined. So like he can square up on the block and make moves. He ha- he has really good back to the basket moves. 
Um, he he's able to do kind of every like it's pretty cool to watch him. He's kind of like a throwback, like like he can do kind of everything in that little box area. Also, on top of that, can shoot a mid range, has a little bit of three game. So so like watching him play, um, man, he he is going to be special. I mean, he's special now, but like he's gonna be he's gonna be unreal. Like you said, I I think that he is a future All Star, possibly future MVP candidate. Um. I, I like what the the Cavaliers have done, uh, kind of giving the keys to to Garland um, and, instead of Sexton. Like you said, Sexton's so inconsistent. Um, I could definitely see them possibly making a move um, with him and, and possibly bringing somebody else in. Um, and looking at the Cavs, Tim, I, and I know we don't either one of us really don't watch them a whole lot, but w- what kind of move do you think they could make? Like, if you're going to move a Sexton, do they just go for draft picks? Or do you think they try to fill a void? I've said for a little while now, I thought that the Cavaliers could be a low-key, and I hate bringing this up because I'm so sick of talking about it. I think the Cavs could be a low-key Ben Simmons spot. Okay. Um, I really do believe that his defensive ability to put along with Jared out, and, and obviously now we're talking about Mobley, could really help them out a ton. Um I think the Sixers could really benefit from a guy like Sexton. I know they have Tyrese Maxey killing it right now. Yeah. Gosh, he's yeah. been tremendous. Um, but just additional scores to put around Embiid, I think could really work. The thing about the Sexton issue is also that um, you know, they didn't pick up the option. So yeah, you know, they're he's a restricted free agent next year. They might try to see if they can get more from him. I I didn't love the trade for Ricky Rubio, but it's just worked too well that when he when Colin Sexton is able to play again from his meniscus injury, yeah. I don't know exactly. Like, I don't think they can go back to just playing the role he was playing previously. I just think that Mobley and Rubio have played so well together. Um, they're getting Markinen back. Kevin Love's going to be back. Um, so, yeah, man, I think it's just kind of up in the air. But I think that... Um, I think that for him, it's really about kind of. I don't think they can do any more trading for draft picks and building future team, future for the future at this point. I think at this point, your team's good enough. You have good enough players. Um, go for it. Make a shot at this. The Central Division's not going to get worse. No. Uh, I mean, the NBA champions are struggling to kind of ca- find consistency. We've talked every week about the Bulls. Um, you know, I know the Pacers are down, but I don't think they're going to be down all year. Uh, especially as they're getting guys back and getting healthier. Um, When TJ Warren comes back, that's going to be really big for them. So if you're the Cavs, like go for broke, make it Uh, happen. Yep. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Um, I think that if they're going to do it, they've got to do it. Whatever they're going to do, they've got to do it now and and put all their cars on the table and, and try to go after it. So. Yeah. Thanks for the question. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I appreciate that, man. Uh, it's not too often we get that, uh, get the questions in here as well. So uh, looks like Joshua Odellis is trying to join us. Um, so <laughs> um, while we are waiting, we'll go ahead and do um, our official bench mob, bench gods segment, talking, yeah. highlighting some of our finest bench play in the NBA for the past week. Uh, and Ben, I'm going to go ahead and start. And this is one. What am I? I told you so's. One of mm-hmm. my, I, I like this guy a lot in college. I thought his upside was tremendous. I really believe he could be a really good NBA player. Uh, and that is 
the Atlanta Hawks, Cam Reddish. Okay. Cam like Reddish, that. at this point right now, is playing 22 minutes a game off the Hawks bench. He's averaging 12 points a game, three rebounds, and 1.2 steals. This past week in Utah, he put up he put up 16 points. Um, I think that he's finally finding a role in the NBA. And this is a Hawks team that's not very good. So finding his consistency and making things happen. Like right now, they're up on the Bucks by 21. Oh, um, wow. He's got four points, five rebounds, and two steals. Maybe not the sexy stat line, but he's making plays for this team. Um, this is a Hawks team has been so up and down. I've said many of times I don't necessarily believe in the Hawks. Um, but yeah, I am all in on Cam Reddish for my bench god this week. Yes, sir. I like that one. Uh, mine is a team that it's kind of been off and on. Um, their leader, Dane Lillard, has struggled a little bit, but the team is starting to catch on just a little bit. Uh, mine is Anthony Simons, uh, from, from Portland. Um, he's averaging, uh, uh almost 12 points, 2.3 rebounds, two assists. Uh, a game playing 23 minutes a game. So uh, his recent week or recent past week hasn't been great, but the week before uh, he had a 17 and 10 game uh, in a win. So uh, Anthony Simons, I, I, he's been playing pretty well um, trying to get that Portland team to get back on, on track. Uh, I think Dame is going to play a little bit better and he, and, and McCollum's played well, Nurkic played well. Uh, and I think that Simons is going to be a big part of their kind of turnaround. I don't know if they'll, I don't know what kind of turnaround they'll have. I don't know if they'll have make the playoffs, but but he's been really well off their bench. So my bench called is Anthony Simons. I like it. I like it. I uh, I don't love that Portland team. I think yeah. they're kind of a stinker. Um, yeah. But he's a kid I like a lot, and I think has still has a lot of potential to be a consistently good NBA player. Um, so yeah, man, I am there with you on the Simons love. Um, I like it. So hopefully, we like I said, we're kind of just waiting for Josh to get in here. But while we are waiting, let's kind of talk a little bit about some of the injury reports in the, around the NBA. Um, and I want to start in New Orleans. And unfortunately, not about Zion Williamson, but last night Brandon Ingram returned. Okay. And yeah. this is a team that before uh, before he came back off the IR was a solid one in twelve going into their game last night against Memphis. And he played really well. They won the game against Memphis, who, uh, for some reason, is their big rival, which I don't understand that, how New Orleans could have any sort of rival. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say, when you're when you're 1-12, how do you create rivals? <laughs> yeah. Um, that team's rough, man. Yeah. Unbelievably rough. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I've, I looked more into it, and I looked at the two games the Pelicans have won this year. It's because Brandon Ingram had, like, incredible games. Yeah. And obviously, he's an all-star. He's been growing year by year. He got out of LeBron's shadow and went to went and made it like a little bit of a name for himself. Um, so I, he's been really good, man. I'm uh, really, really impressed with him. But I don't know what the idea is for the Pelicans. What's up, Josh? Welcome to the show. How you doing? Finally in here. What's up, fellas? Hey, <laughs> good, man. Well, we're getting ready to talk about Brandon Ingram um, and the Pelicans and their craziness. But first off, before we do... Did you pick a bench god yet for this week? Um, I did. I thought I sent it earlier in the week, and I forgot who it was already. Oh, yeah, you picked Alex Caruso. 
Caruso. That's right. I like it. So, Josh, we uh, thank you for doing that. So, as you see here, so we're talking a little bit about Brandon Ingram came back last night. This Pelicans team has uh, really stunk throughout the season, and uh, we're kind of seeing them kind of get a little bit of back. So, trying to get every, your guys' thoughts real quick. Like, what exactly when you look at this Pelicans roster? What is the game plan? What are your thoughts? Um, I think David Griffin is pretty close to being on the way out from some of the reports that are coming out with how he's handled the Zion situation. Uh, where are you guys at with that? Um, here, here's my thing. Like you put all your eggs in the Zion basket. Um, rightfully so. I mean, he, he is a, he's a good player. Um, you know, with Ingram, like, I don't, I don't know if you, you need to start trading that team away. Yes. I mean, you know what I mean? Like. It you know it's that time to like like you're you're two and twelve, you're not really going anywhere. Your roster stinks. Your best player's overweight, doesn't play. Um, you know your second best player is Ingram. You know he's wasting away. Why not trade those guys away? Are you going to? I'm, I'm sure they're going to keep Zion. He's going to be their franchise guy. Go ahead and trade trade those guys away. Trade Ingram away. You know. Get some get some picks, get get other players, do whatever you gotta do. Um, but I, I, I'm not really sold on Zion personally. I mean, you know, he's he's been injured, you know, they tried the point guard thing that was it was okay, but not great. He hasn't played this year. You know, we saw him warming up. I, I don't know him personally. He looked a little heavy. Man, you he know? looked like he was moving in quicksand. A yeah, little heavy. I mean, he looked a little heavy to me, um, but like, like I don't like their roster. They're not doing it. I mean, you're not doing anything to make yourself any better, um, and your best player is out of shape and hasn't played. So why not just scrap it? You you know you're going to fire that coach. Go ahead and fire him now. Don't let him. Don't wait forty games into this into the year and be like, oh well, he's just not the guy. Well, we know he's not the guy. Go ahead and fire him now. Go ahead and bring somebody in that you, you want to build your team around. Bring some guys in that you want to build your team around Zion. Hopefully Zion plays 50 games this year so you can see what he needs, what he wants, what you want him to be. If he's going to commit himself to, to losing weight, is he going to commit himself to being a better player, which by the looks of it, he hasn't. So, you know – I you know that's kind of my thought on it. Like I, I just think that that roster is bad. I think you need to trade guys away. Go ahead and start fresh. Make Zion your franchise guy. I mean, is I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, is, is Zion a franchise guy to you guys? I mean, is he a guy you want to hang your hat on? I was wondering, is is Zion already pulling the whole James Harden situation where? You know, he doesn't feel like want to trade you. Hey, make him trade him. He's been tied to the Knicks since day one. You know, um, I feel like that's where he wants to be at. Um, I feel like the Knicks somewhat want him there, even though the Knicks, I think, have a really good core of young guys on their team that makes them really good. I mean, but you can't knock the the twenty six and seven or eight that he averaged over the first two years when he's in the game and he's healthy, you know, he shoots almost 60% from the field. 
So it's not like he doesn't produce when he's on the floor. I think the issue right. with Zion has just been, can the guy stay healthy and have a long NBA career? Um, I don't know. I don't know which way it's going to go, but I do know that, you know, um, we were sending in text messages. Uh, it was a few weeks back. Um, and it was one of those text messages where they were like, you know, anonymous NBA GMs had said, you know, if they had the choice, they would have took Ja over um, Zion in the draft. And right now, you know, going into year three, I mean, it doesn't seem far-fetched why that guy would have took Ja instead of Zion to begin with. I mean, he got hurt at Duke, you know, and when he got hurt at Duke, it was blamed on his weight. You know, his, his blow his shoe out. How could you <laughs> he, they've got him listed as 6'6", 284. If, if he's he's an M&M away from 315, no doubt about it. There's no way you can tell me you think he's 280. If you looked at him working out before the game when he was doing those calisthenics or whatever he was doing, he's not in shape. He's not ready to play NBA basketball. He, he, his body does not look good. So you're saying Zion right now is a left tackle in the NFL? Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> Maybe a nose guard. He could have blocked for Russell Wilson like here, like a half an hour ago. Like no doubt. All right, then. he's athletic enough to be a nose guard, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't know the guy. I, you know, I'm just going on strictly just me putting eyes on him as he was working out and he's not to, he's not 280. I'll tell you that. No, no, he is not. Um, I'll tell you, I really do like him a lot and I obviously want him to succeed because there aren't many like him. Yeah. Um, but I do obviously have those worries too. Um, and I listened to, you know, my guy, Chris Connor from the bird rights. He's been on the show many a times, friend of the program. Yeah. He'll do uh, spaces on Twitter uh, where like they'll, they'll get a ton of Pelicans fans in there and they'll talk about everything. And I really appreciate it because, you know, they are like for everything we talk shit about the Pelicans, like those fans are very passionate about the organization that really love them. And it's nice to see like they hate Anthony Davis. I get it. I understand um, that. Yeah. So I was in one the other day and they actually had um, Antonio Daniels in there, former NBA player. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was talking about. You know, he's like, they don't have there's someone needs to hold him accountable. And people are like, well, why does it why do we have to hold him accountable when like LeBron's spending a million dollars on his body, making sure he's in shape? And he goes, I mean, LeBron didn't start like that. He was just like, first off, he was just a fucking specimen immediately. Right. Uh, right. He didn't, but yeah, it was like it was like five or six years to his career when he was like, all right, I got to start doing this with my body to take care of myself and get my longevity. He's like, so that's something that comes along, um, especially when you get out of your rookie contract and those are a little more affordable for players. Like, that definitely yeah. can kind of kick in. I know we're saying that about millionaires, but. No, you know. no, that makes sense, though. Yeah, so the Zion thing, the Zion and BI thing, like, yeah, I don't necessarily know where they're going. They've been doing this, this stocking of draft picks, and look, I, I love the Bulls. Love them. But like those years when they were bad, wasn't fun. Like yeah. year in year out, walking into the season knowing they're going to be bad is not enjoyable. 
no. it's just it's frustrating and you know at least that you know the pelicans are like well we're stocking up on picks for our future and it's like what like you have no guarantee with any of these picks like no you just watched duke this past week play three games and Paolo Banchero was absolutely incredible. He mm-hmm. was amazing. But there's no guarantee that Paolo gets to the NBA. And he's that actually, that might be a guarantee. I'm taking that back. He's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a you know, couple hey, guys listen. in college that's guarantees in the NBA. He's hey, one yeah. listen, hey, I, I, I caught glimpses of Imani Bates at Memphis. I was like, that guy, I think he's going to be all right in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chet Holmgren. There's no Chet Holmgren. I know, you know, he only scored two points against Texas last night in their big game for Gonzaga. But there's nothing that tells me, like, there's no guarantee that Chet Holmgren is going to be incredible in the NBA, right? right. Just kind of like, so, look, what you're stocking up on is hope. What you're stocking up on is the possibility of being good. And, yeah. you know, like, I think the way, you know, they let Lonzo walk for literally nothing. I know the Bulls are going to probably get fined, like, $10 million and lose some draft picks there. But whatever. It's worth it. It's 100% worth it. Um, yeah, because I'm sure you know, no other team was having conversations with the guys before six o'clock when they opened free agency, right? Right, yeah, weird, but whatever, that's here to here or there, you know. Yeah, it's when they lost these guys, it's well, we could have got some other point guards, but we let these guys go away and they went and got Devontae Graham. And I don't dislike Devontae Graham, that's a drop off from Lonzo Ball, it's a big yeah. one. Um, it's, you know, like, I like how Josh Hart's playing. He's definitely growing into a better NBA player. Um, he's getting, he's been really good at playing downhill, man. I love watching him attack the paint, but that's their starting two right now. You're looking around like, I mean, you're looking around the league right now, starting twos and you're like, okay, like Josh Hart's a fine player. Absolutely. you know, I'm not excited about him as my starting shooting guard. And I think Griff has just done an absolutely trem- horrible job with this team. So I don't know, man. Um, I got worries. Yeah. As you should. As you should. I, like I said, I, I think you need to just start trading away those guys. Not like you, I mean, it's not like they need draft picks, but like they've, they've got to do something. Like, like to have such a cool fan base and people, you know, and all that support, and not put out a winner. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm not sure what they're going to do. But they need to start making some decisions. Uh, they need to start making some decisions quickly because people are only going to hold on for so long. Um, you ought to, you also want to be an attractive destination for free agents, which you're not now. So I, they will be I, when they go to Vegas in a couple of years. Don't worry. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> is that what it is? Vegas? Yeah. Vegas I imagine following all of the teams. I imagine no, Vegas Seattle is really going to want to get in the NBA market. They're going to Seattle. Yeah. Seattle Pelicans. I you mean, know, the Bensons sense. are like, you know, the Bensons are like, that's easy money for us. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do to turn? I mean, we, I know we talked a, a few weeks ago about the Timberwolves. Um, what do you do to turn an organization around like that? Like you've, you kind of seemed like you were going in the right direction. Like you've drafted good players. Like yeah. you've had, got, you've had cornerstones on your team. And then it's like, it's like, it's like you built, it's like you built a house and then you didn't know how to decorate it. And like, you're just like, Hey, we're going to put the, none of it fits. And then all of a sudden you're back to square one. So like when you had Anthony Davis, like 
you find you had to find a way, like find a way to put guys around him to make that team good. And they had the one squad. I mean, they brought they had Demarcus Cousins in there, and, and uh, that team was that team was fun to watch. They were and good. They made the playoffs, and they won a series. Yeah, they won a series, and then they ran into you know who. Um, but the same thing now. I mean, you you could have built around Zion and Lonzo. Um, I feel like Lonzo is a cornerstone point guard. Um, I know we talk crap about him and his shooting sometimes, which he's gotten a lot better at. And I've always compared him to Jason Kidd. I feel like that's the type of point guard that he is. Um, he doesn't look to score all the time, but he can if you if you need him to. Um, and he just wants to have control of what's going on on the floor. And you put a guy like Lonzo around him, and then – you got uh, Big Jonas over there. I mean, those are those are three guys that you could have built around. They had they should have kept Lonzo. They should have figured out a way to keep him. They should have made Zion happy. They should have. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're potentially in a spot right now where that organization could not be good for like the next decade or so yeah, until they figure rest. it out. Yeah, and look, I love Najee Marshall. He's on that squad. Um, obviously one of the guys I followed, I covered for a couple of years, really enjoyed being around him. Um, so I hate that they are at, at this point, but you know, it's like, but look at history for this group. Like before Anthony Davis, they didn't get Chris Paul, right? I mean, they had every chance to make that look, make that good. And she couldn't get it done. David West, not the David West on the caliber of those two players, but yeah. And Chris Paul was loyal. I mean, he came over oh, with yeah. you. He came over with you from the the Hornets. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he um, I mean, he when you guys went out to go to Oklahoma because of Katrina, he was there and he was like, Let's do it, let's make it happen, let's make this work. So yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's just kind of a frustrating disaster of an organization. And I think it's just kind of I don't know, I feel like that line, like you said, Josh, like not to kind of like plug them again, but you know, the bulls wouldn't got smart people working their front office, people who knew basketball, people who understand how to put a team together and look what's happening for them now. You know what I mean? Like that you, you, you kind of just are wanting that to happen. And you know, you're, you're not just hoping to God that Zion Williamson's the next LeBron James at that point. You're like, Oh, we're really building like how we can win right now. And I just Ooh, feel like yeah. they haven't done that. I know that they're, I mean, Take a I'm look sorry. at Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix is a perfect Phoenix example. Another one. They, I know that they, they were the Pelicans now. And they were the Hornets before, but since they've been the Pelicans, I mean, their best season has been 48 and 34. And I mean, that's not saying that it's horrible, but like that and one more season since you changed your name, like you had a winning record and that was it. And yeah. since then, so we're talking what, eight years of being the Pelicans and you've had two winning seasons. Um, since you moved or when they moved New Orleans, 2002, 2003, around there, around yeah. there. Yeah. So you've had probably five winning seasons the entire time that you've been there. I mean, that's yeah. 20 years. That's not, that's not a good percentage there of, of winning seasons, you know, from a franchise. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's uh, but you know, then Minnesota, Orlando, same song dance, man. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of gets to the point where you're like, you know, you, you guys don't care. We don't care. But let's keep kind of going through more of the injury reports. So 
obviously the big one is the Lakers. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker came back today and played and was really good actually for them. Um, so that was big. You know, they're going to get LeBron back in the near future. It looks like that's not as catastrophic as we all, as many thought it was. I think this team still has a lot of issues <laughs> there. I mean, I watched today yeah, against yeah. the Spurs and that was, I know they won, but they tried everything possible to give the Spurs a game. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the Spurs came and took it. They were giving it to them. Um, God, watching Russell Westbrook is irritating. It's so maddening uh, just because you're like, you're so good. Why do you do so many stupid things? Um, but, <laughs> like, you know, so, but Tucker big for them. They're getting, they're getting deep again. How big is that for this squad? They're now eight and six. You know, we, we, we talked bad about them. They just had an atrocious game the other night um, against uh, Minnesota, but they've, won games lately you know like anthony yeah. davis has been pretty incredible so they're maybe not as bad as i'm making them out to be but they're pretty irritating to watch on a nightly basis did um did baysmore did baysmore get benched strictly for the fact that horton tucker came back i think he was actually hurt today was he yeah i, I just noticed he had a dmp coach's decision so i wasn't sure well tht comes back and monk and ellington are shooting the lights out yeah it's pretty hard to find, and he's he struggled a little bit. I mean, they were. Yeah. I, I was on a Lakers uh, on a Lakers site, and I mean, they were just. <laughs> I mean, they were just taking Baysmore to the woodshed. You know, like he's the worst NBA starter in the league, and why is he still out there? And and I'm like, yeah, he actually hasn't played well at all. No, no, he um, but that's not saying much because I can. Because for every game that Carmelo Anthony's played well, I could also show you a game where he has not played well as far as shooting is concerned. When he's at Staples and when he's not at Staples, <laughs> right? <laughs> you did say that. You did. You definitely said that. And I think that what, what you'll see with the Lakers is as they get these guys healthy, like Avery Bradley won't be playing twenty-five to thirty minutes on the floor. Bazemore won't be playing as much, and you're going to see Horton Tucker out there. And like you said, Ellington and Monk. Um, the one game Monk started, I mean, he was like legit lights out. He was so good and in the Charlotte game. Yeah. LeBron, when he's back, um, I don't know if Westbrook has the 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 free the freestyle to do what he's doing right now. So it might I don't know. The Lakers are dangerous to me. I don't care what their record says. I still think that they get into the playoffs and once they're there, like I think it's the same situation last year. Like if you're a one, two, three seed and the Lakers come in at like a six. Like that's not the team you want to play in the first round if they're Agreed. healthy. Um, so it just it, their health is going to depend on everything. Yeah. Well, Tim, I know you have to be excited because your boy DeAndre Jordan was a DNP coach's decision today. Weird so. that since he's been playing less and less, they've been winning more games. <laughs> what do I know? But I, you know what, Tim? I you talk about the Lakers and and the key to all of this. And I know they're getting guys back and guys healthy. Monk shooting the ball well. Ellington shooting the ball. Ellington was five of seven today from three point range, and Monk was two for four. So those guys are starting to shoot the ball well. But the biggest thing in all this is Russell Westbrook. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, Westbrook today was five of eleven. He actually was three of five from three, but he also had seven assists to go with seven turnovers. So it's like. To me, he's the biggest part of this whole thing. 
he's got to be more selective with his decision making, especially when LeBron comes back. You've got all the shooters on the floor. You're going to have the ability to be able to make a lot of plays if you're just smart with the basketball. Um, like you said, it's he's manning to watch because he's so good. But man, he just makes some really bad decisions. Like at, and sometimes it's at crucial times. So, and I don't know if that's just him just trying to be a playmaker, but, but, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some times where he's going to have to play a lot off the ball when LeBron comes back, and hopefully, he's able to do that. Um, but yeah, he's. The, I think he's kind of the key to all that, especially when you're starting to get guys back healthy. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm. I'm not a Lakers fan. I could care less if they win or lose. Um, but I've always said that team goes when Anthony Davis is the focal point. God, he's so good. And, and what did you see so today? Awesome 34 and 15 and, and six. six. Yeah, man, he was awesome. On, on basically 60% shooting. And that Anthony Davis right there, if he's playing like that, um, and he's playing on the defensive side of the ball, he had a couple steals and a block. And, they, you know, he only Big turned the ball block. over once. He only turned the ball over once. I mean, if that guy plays like that every night, like you're you're one of the top tier teams in the entire league at that point. Doesn't matter what everybody else does. You just got to feed the. You got to feed him. He has to be the guy that takes the most shots on the floor. Like he has to be the focal point of the offense at all times. I agree. Um, I think that that's just going to make them go a long way. And I noticed today with the lineup they had out there that when they do get LeBron back, like having Monk. Ellington Davis that spacing with LeBron James is going to be showtime it's going to be a blast to watch as long as as long as Russ ain't the one taking all the shots we'll be <laughs> I was gonna say, like that's, that's there again is the big question though where do you put Westbrook like hey <laughs> yeah I don't know I feel like that's a lot of Laker talk uh let's talk about the other team I care way too much about the Bulls in this IR report, it's officially announced as we were started recording tomorrow night for their game. Ironically enough, against the Lakers, as they start, as they'll be the second game of their back to back at Staples, they're getting their bench score back tomorrow, guys. Kobe White back in uni tomorrow. Bulls getting whole. I know they're without Vooch now for another week, but getting deep on the bench. And here's the thing you can't cut Ayo Dunsumu's minutes because he's played way too well. Has um, he? God, man, he's been so fun. And obviously Alex Caruso's minutes aren't going anywhere because he's your he's been your best defender. Um, can we please? I know we haven't we didn't talk bring this up yet, and I know it was a couple days ago. Can we talk about that like Caruso Steele, Dish Delonzo, Levine oh, 360 dunk in the Dallas game? Woo! Hey, I know as soon as I saw it, I sent you a text message and you were <laughs> like, you were like, just crown us the champs now. And I'm like <laughs> Dude, that was that was insane. Yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, they get Kobe White back tomorrow. Um, I know a lot of people seem to want to like throw Kobe White away, which I don't understand. I'm still pretty high on him as a player. I think he's going to be really good for this team as they're getting these bench guys back. When they get Vooch back, that's another team where it's like, I don't think he's, you know, some people seem to think the Bulls will trade him. I don't think that makes any sense to me because he's the best bucket on the bench. Cruz is shooting 40% from three, but he shoots two threes a game so you know it's yeah. like take that with what it is i love caruso i think he's tremendous i can't believe the report that came out when he was on jj reddick's podcast this week about how little the lakers offered him to stay 
Yeah, and and to be honest, the reason I picked him as my bench guy had nothing to do with his scoring at all. It had everything yeah. to do with his intensity and his defense when he comes out on the floor. And um, I actually saw that he was like third in the NBA in steals per yeah. game. I mean, and, and that's unlimited minutes. So imagine if he was if he was playing starter minutes. Um, you know, this guy's probably leading the league in steals, and he's all over the place. I mean, even you know, that pass. You know who Caruso, and I don't know if I'm just like feeling the love right now. You know, he really reminds me of, and again, this might just be because he's wearing a Bulls jersey and he won a title with the Lakers. Caruso gives me some mean Ron Harper vibes. Yeah. Like, I can see that. Just fills the passing lane on defense, dies for balls. If you, when you're bringing the ball up the court and you see him at the top of the perimeter, you know you're in for a battle. Like, just feels a lot like Ron Harper. Same body frame. Um, I feel like Caruso is really, really underrated just, athletically. Just don't let Scotty Pippen hear that you complimented another bull other than him because I don't no, want no, him no. coming I'm after you. Re- I'm reading the book right now. He, he I don't want him coming after Harper. you. Him and Ron Harper gave each other love. I read the. I'm reading the book right now. Yeah, but oh, you gave you Ron Harper love before Pippins. So I don't want him coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will be doing a. Uh, I got that book in the mail from their pub from Scotty's publicist. So I'll be doing a review on that in the near future. There you go. Thanks for that. Pretty excited, but yeah, man, Kobe White's coming back. Um, I don't know, man. I think. Uh, I think things are looking pretty good there. Obviously. But I just want to kind of real quick kind of go around the league and talk about some of the bench the benches and like you know the injuries and people coming back. But also I gotta talk a little bit about my guy Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, Josh, sir. Josh brought it up a little earlier. Um that they're just a franchise that can't seem to put it together. And look. That win against the Lakers the other night was awesome. They were tremendous. They went on a 30 to 4 run in the third quarter. 30 to 4 against professionals. And Cat has been really like the first few games, I thought he was awesome. You know, Shot Callers does the Timberwolves watch and they kind of like highlighted it. Um, but now it's kind of seems like he's kind of coming back and regressing into like, yes, I know how talented I am, but it seems like that's dropped off. And then there's this thing that comes out where apparently he's liking tweets about leaving Minnesota. And on November 4th, he tweets, Oh, I changed my password. We're okay now, guys. So <laughs> the same thing, same the song. Old, the old, the old I got hacked. Trick. Yes. Yes. The Jay Williams of the world with the old I got hacked. So I don't know, man. I, you know, I have this idea that. I think Cat is still an elite scoring center. Um, not just a center, a player. Kevin O'Connor from the mismatch talk the other day is like, he needs to be shooting more than he's shooting. And I totally yeah. agree with that. Um, I don't think Cat and Anthony Edwards is an issue. I think those two play really well together. And you kind of, if you watch these games, you see Anthony Edwards has kind of become the guy as far as like, you run through me. Yeah. And I respect that. Um, but. I just kind of feel like the way this roster is put together, I don't think the Angel Russell thing is working out the way they had hoped it would. They very well have the talent to be a big three. It just doesn't feel like it fits all that well. And- so can I ask a question? Because D'Angelo Russell's now been on his, what is this, his third team, fourth, fourth team? Fourth. And the only place it really seemed like he somewhat fit was Golden State as far as, 
like he didn't seem like he was trying to do all be all. Um, you know, he was playing with Curry. Uh, but you, you obviously you saw what happened in Brooklyn. You, he got shipped out in the Lakers when he was there first. I mean, the, all the locker I mean, room stuff that happened there. He got shipped out because uh, they got Kevin Durant. I don't think anyone's going to fault that. I understand that. But, yeah. you know, if I if I was to let Ben speak on it, he'd probably put him in the same category as Paul Pierce out here, just dry snitching. <laughs> uh, but why is it that where he's at, like you see the talent, you see that he's good. Like he's a he is a almost elite NBA player. I mean, he's a 20 plus per game guy that can shoot the lights out when you want him to. And why is it that he doesn't fit? I think it's um, a lot of it's like this weird inability, kind of like Westbrook. You're like, okay, how many, when, when are you going to learn to play off the ball? Like, when yeah. are you going to, when is this going to click with you? When are you going to figure this out? Because at this point, you know, they're running Pat Bev with the ball a lot now which I don't necessarily love either, but he's... Did you see my man try to say the other day that when he was part of the Clippers, they made LA a Clipper town? Oh, yeah. 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 Where's that banner at, Clippers? Right. Yeah. Congratulations. You guys lost to the Jazz in the conference. You know, you guys beat yeah, the Jazz never, and lost to the It was also their time, and they were going to knock Steph Curry. It was not Steph's time anymore. It was his time, so... Right. Yeah. yeah. How's that going? Yeah. Congratulations. Exactly. You're playing on Minnesota. Memphis got you in a I, trade and didn't I, even I want you. something really quick. I, I don't like Patrick Beverly. Like, <laughs> like I was watching a clip the other day where he was like, who was that trying to shoot a free throw? And he's standing at the free throw line. The guy's trying to shoot his free throw, and he steps in front of him, and then he tries to pick a fight with him. Like, like, dude, like, you're Patrick Beverly. Like, hey. <laughs> I, I know, and I get it. Like, you made it to the league. Congratulations. I get it. Like, you overcame whatever you overcame. You made it to the NBA. I get it, but and I know you're trying to make Minnesota tough. And I know you're trying to play tough. And you're trying to play the tough guy role like you always do. But, like, just going out and picking fights, like, one, you're not that good. Two, your team isn't that good. And for you to go there and try to pick fights with everybody just because you feel like you're slighted or we're trying to be the tough guys, or like, stop. Like, you're, like, you're not that good. You're not that tough. Like, Stop! Stop doing that stuff. Like, just play basketball. All right, that's my soapbox. Thank you. I liked it. I like. Hey, you know, just look at him, man, and just like every time I look at him, he he reminds me of. I look at him like I'm like, dude, you need to like go get your hair cut. Like he's out there reminding me of um, Samuel Jackson and Ho and uh, Unbreakable out this mode, like Mr. Glass with his hair all messed up and yeah, beard patches everywhere and. That I just sometimes you just look at him and you that I understand, Ben. I look at him all the time too, and I'm like, how in the world did you make it to the league? And like you just go out there and all you do is start fights. You know, you go out there, you're just an antagonizer. And I guess he'd yeah. been a really he'd have been a really good 90s player, you know, on some of those teams back in the right. day, you know, playing defense and stuff. But I'm with you. Like I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't he know. He just frustrates me. But <laughs> The, the Timberwolves have talent on their team. Again, like they mm-hmm. they have a good six or seven guys that they can rotate in that are decent, um, especially with those two. But I know that I felt coming out of the draft that Anthony Edwards was the best player in the draft. And I know Lonzo, I know Melo won rookie of the year. I still think that 
Edwards kind of got shafted a little bit. Um, I actually think going into year two that Edwards has shown me more than Mello had up to this point as far as being a elite guy in the league for years to come because of the way he carries himself, the way he walks, the way he talks, and he backs it up. Hey, Steph, I might get 50. 48. He came close. Love it. Loved I love it. that dude. I love, I love him. I, I love his swagger. I love the way he plays. Like, like he just came into the league, no fear. Like I, I like Anthony Edwards. And apparently, he just keeps growing too. So at some point, he's probably going to be a good six nine. <laughs> a six but, nine two. But is that why? Is that why we love Curry so much? There's been a couple games. Have you guys noticed where he's played off the ball, and it works. Like he, oh, yeah. it's almost like he can take breaks now with Jordan Poole on the floor. Um, he can take breaks because Wiggins can ISO and play some one-on-one ball. And but when you need him, there he is, right there, just to go right back into position where he was. And that picture you sent today, Penn, was super dope. It is, even if it was yeah. my team. <laughs> but you know, like I said earlier, you can only get so upset when Steph Curry kicks your ass. And while we're talking. While we're talking, the Wizards are first place in the East. They are, man. They are. They're good. Um, well, kind of touching a few things there. First, uh, one of my points I was trying to get to is I've referenced the ringer a lot today. Uh, Jonathan Sharks had a conversation recently on Bill Simmons' pod where he said, if I was Giannis, I would be reaching out to get Cat. I don't oh, need to Lord. shoot all that much. You know, Cat needs to shoot more. He's the one piece that team's missing because, you know, like that's the guy I would try to figure out. It might be a long-term few years down the road thing, but that's the guy I'm texting. He kind of made a reference. He's like, how long was LeBron texting Anthony Davis? Let's be teammates. A while. You know, he's like, a few years down the road, we can make this happen. Um, Would that work? I don't have the money in front of me. I know Cat's still got a few more years on his big contract. I'm just talking – oh, I didn't care about the money. I'm saying would it work? Like Absolutely. Would they be running into each other down in the post? Would they – do you? I will say it this way: the way that Milwaukee uses Brook Lopez, kind of as like a three-point shooting center, would be perfect and for with to have Cat in that role. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, Lopez is more of a, a pick and pop guy. Um, yeah, that, it, that dude. Yeah, Cat doesn't have to play defense. Giannis yep. doesn't have to shoot all the time, and he can yep. just be. For, you know, to be honest and be incredible, which he's going to shoot a lot because he's getting so much better as a shooter. And he's obviously one of the two best players in the world. Um, yeah. But, you know, my point is it kind of takes about him. My other one, kind of go with our conversation earlier about, uh, asked about the Cavs. What about a D'Angelo Russell and Jake Lehman for Kevin Love and Colin Sexton trade? Ooh. Delo can go there and play with Garland. Yeah. You, can move, you know, like, so I don't know if this, I, I think for Sexton, I just think he's, I just think that he is not going to hit his ceiling with the Cavaliers. Yeah. I, just, I would agree I, with that. I just do not, I think that like. But the but the Cavs are going to hit their ceiling without him? I mean, Ricky Rubio's looked pretty damn good for him. And, you know, like we were kind of saying earlier, I think Mobley is just. He's, Mobley's he's your dude. guy. He's the dude. Yeah, he's your guy now. Yeah, my wife's uncle's a big Cavs fan, and he doesn't really follow college basketball. So he was like, going to the draft, he's like, they're talking about Evan Mobley a lot. Do you think it's – I was like, dude, you're going to love him. Yeah. And he called me this week, and he goes, you were right. 
I love this kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the He's Kevin Love deal. Guy. I think the Kevin Love deal might have been the dumbest deal in all of basketball over the past 20 years. I mean, I, I, I never, I didn't understand it. I don't know why they gave him so much money and he's definitely not been worth it at all. That was a save face for losing LeBron deal. That's exactly what that was. No guys, we're not going to tank. I promise we're going to keep fighting and be competing. Mm -mm -mm. Agree. A thousand percent. But I think the thing that's like Garland is a really good ball handler, obviously as far as like primary ball handler, but he has proven the ability to play off the ball. If you make this deal, you get someone who's experienced like Russell, who's been in big time games, obviously he's played in the playoffs. I know it didn't go long, um, but that's a lot more than most guys on this Cavaliers team can say. So you can use Garland coming off pin downs and screens in that circumstance. Um, On the other end, Colin Sexton gets a chance to kind of like be back to where he was for his first few years playing point guard. Kevin Love gets to go back to Minnesota, which, you know, is kind of the thing everyone's been wanting for a while. And most importantly, Anthony Edwards and Cat don't lose a step together. Their two man game still their two man game. Yep. Dang all, man. That's 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 good. That's a good looking trade. I mean, um, gosh dang, yeah, I I, I can't dispute it. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. I, I like that. I like yeah. that. Someone probably think I'm crazy, but you know, spitballing. Came up with it while we were on the while we were on the show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's about everything we've got here for the show this week. Hopefully, you're enjoying our new digs. Uh, we're definitely excited about this. So, thank you all for tuning in to this week's edition of the Bench Mob on Forty Minutes Basketball Network. Uh, if you do get a chance, please take a moment to give us our follows on our social medias here listed on the bottom, Twitter and Instagram at 48 Minutes Network, NTWRK, and give us a follow on the TikToks at 48 Minutes Network, N-E-T-W-R-K. So for Ben and Josh and Sean not being with us this week, everyone have a great night, and we will be back next week. See you.